Welcome to our podcast. We're your hosts, Mwege Boka and Sibiel Siemo, and this is Splitting Hands. Give and shall receive. No love is the only way. Welcome to this week's episode, guys. So we will be talking about toxic, toxic. Oh, tea to the topic. <laughs> Femininity. Yo. <laughs> I'm going to just be there for now. Take us yeah. away. Huh? Yeah, and when, this week, you know what? We're joined by a guest. It's a bit early. Some people would say it's a bit early for us to be having a guest. But you know what? <laughs> Better in the beginning than later on. And I, I, I feel like it's a topic that we need to draw on some expertise and widen our perspective. Um, a little bit beyond our own, you know, opinion. So today we're joined by Nikki. Hi, Nikki. Can you tell our listeners something about yourself? Hey, first of all, I'm just, I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> bruh, it's such an honor to be here on this podcast. I love this podcast so much. Um, one thing about me, yeah, this was supposed to be my last year of uni, but... <laughs> The way things are looking, <laughs> it's probably not. Yeah. Who so, knows? Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm studying psychology. Yeah. And yeah. Other than that, I'm just a normal uni student, 21 year old, trying to find their way in life. And that's it. Yeah. That's great. How, how are you guys honestly dealing with this corona situation? Because obviously, we're in three completely different parts. And as Nicole has said, or oh, Nikki, as we are going by now, you know, Nikki. Nikki, Nikki, as Nikki has said, you know, it's disrupted plans. Guys who are, made to grad- who are meant to graduate this year, you know, it's not looking like unis are like, you're going to have a graduation ceremony. Yeah. Okay. Zoom call, walk across the stage over the Zoom call. You know, I know. so how are you honestly dealing with it because it disrupts so many plans yeah um let me go first i mean my graduation was canceled which kind of well it's suspended which was which was kind of sad but i think it's necessary i'm not gonna be too bummed about it i hate to say it but i'm 100 percent sure if my graduation had happened this saturday um Mm -hmm. the covid cases in cape town would have exploded by like six billion because (laughs) you don't know where people are coming from um we already had cases at uct so it was just gonna be a nightmare um so it feels i get that it feels it sucks not to be able to mark your milestones you know birthdays graduations um handing in your dissertations moving on with your school year some people progressing to new jobs you know promotions that kind of thing but you know this crisis has shown us at the end of the day it's your life that matters like are you here or are you dead um, and you yeah. can't enjoy those things if you're dead. So I'm doing okay. I'm just a little bit bored in the house. But oh. just trying to find creative ways to kind of engage my mind and use this period to like rest and recu- recuperate because I'm able to do so. Yeah. What about you guys? Nikki, go ahead. Tell us. I will guess. Um, yeah. Boredom gang. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've, it's pretty much the same thing um, because um, in Toronto right now, basically they've suspended all non-essential businesses. Yeah. A lot of people were laid off. 
you know um i had a job and a lot of i know a lot of people who have just lost their jobs and um yeah it's it's a pretty weird time and you just have to like adjust to that a, a lot of people have been saying that right now is a good time to actually find new skills and learn mm-hmm. new skills so um i've been trying to learn sign language i know oh, people who yeah let's do <laughs> who are trying to learn instruments that they've never picked up mm-hmm. um yeah and i think i'm just trying to make sure that i keep in touch with the people i care about as well because mm-hmm. in this crisis it's so easy to actually you know what it's actually puts everything into perspective and and you realize what you've been taking for granted so mm-hmm. i think this has actually been a period where i've come closer to my family more than yeah. anything even mm-hmm. though i'm not physically there I'm yeah i'm always talking to them i'm always just checking on them so yeah grateful but when is this going to end Jesus yeah Christ. <laughs> i know yeah. i know yeah what about well, you dana how are you feeling i am very bored despite the fact that i have three essays to do wow. and a whole dissertation wow uh, so i really don't have a right to be bored but i think honestly i i'm exhausted i don't know mm. what it is but i think my body has just crashed yeah. i don't have motivation for uni i just wish uni would just tell me you know what you graduate either way so thumbs up to you have your master's degree you know that's all i yeah. want yeah yeah i'm just exhausted i think i'm just I'm I'm very bored. As much as I love my own company, I do so so much. Mm-hmm. I think I need a hug. You know, I just need a hug. I need some physical. I know, babes. Girls need love Ask for too. Some ma- <laughs> Girls need love too. Stay <laughs> home. <laughs> Going to your boyfriend's house is violating lockdown. By the way, I said the other day said if you are quarantining with your boyfriend that is not quarantine that is cohabitation no difference no. <laughs> i saw that thing that is cohabitation you know you're but it's fine it's going by it's fine yeah <laughs> but no. on to the topic of today because like that is a huge one we need to get into for sure i know yeah it's important for us to you know discuss other things and i don't want to say maintain some normalcy but just not get too warped into this thing you know what i'm saying no and that's why we need to talk about toxic femininity because it's been all over the timeline all over the time first of all you know y'all don't you don't rest like anyway somewhere in the bible it said something like the wicked don't rest or something like that there's no rest for the wicked there's no rest for the wicked yeah what is toxic femininity because i think for a lot of people we hear number one we hear the word toxic so much yeah we hear the word femininity so much but combined it's like okay so what does it really mean so how do you guys define it because i'm also kind of a bit perfect a yeah i feel that um nicole do you want to start um i think actually i let you start with this particular definition wow hectic um, okay la, la, la. Yeah. it's over to me <laughs> Yeah, so you know what? I I actually decided to do some research um on what toxic femininity is because it it seems kind of hard to envisage. Like you can't really put your finger on it. And for to a certain extent it seems like it's comparable to toxic masculinity, which it is not. So um I found this definition and I'm going to read it out and then we can discuss 
whether we think that applies. And it says that toxic femininity is a narrow and repressive definition of womanhood, designating womanhood as defined by cooperation, sex, sexual subservience, status, and passivity. It's the cultural idea of womanliness, where the ability to please is everything, whilst troublesomeness is a weakness, where beauty and the ability to make men feel good are yardsticks by which men are measured, while supposedly masculine traits, which can range from expressing anger to sexual independence, are the means by which your status as a woman can be taken away. Um, so to that extent, I would say that maybe toxic femininity doesn't exist in and of itself in the same way that toxic masculinity does, but rather it's, it's patriarchy and how it plays out amongst women. I don't know what you guys think about that. What, do you, what, do you, what, what clicks in your mind when you think of toxic femininity? Um, I just, the first thing I think about yeah. um, with toxic femininity is, um, obviously it's not comparable because toxic masculinity is its own thing in itself, yeah. Yeah. but um, it, it has similarities in the sense that um, it can be used as a tool to just reinforce uh, mm. social norms, the social hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And I just think about in any place that has a huge uh, social interaction, a social hierarchy can be enforced. So for example, like school, work, even home, yeah, um, you'll find examples of to- toxic femininity. That's the yeah. first thing I think about how we interact with it on a daily basis without even knowing. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Dana? So Betty Chalo went on Instagram and spoke about how there's so much pressure to be this role model or this, you know, mm. expectation and so many women expected to be role models for their kids. Or, you know, and she really went off and a lot of people came out and said, oh, but she should this and she should that. And it made me think about how mm. we expect we don't we don't look at certain people as humans. As women, yes. we have this idea that like, or even just generally in society we yeah. put people on this pedestal they never even asked to be on yeah and that that asking them to conform to our expectations of them and yeah. so betty was basically like you know what guys uh no that's not happening i'm a human being right I have, you know feelings mm-hmm. and i have mm-hmm. this and that and that, that's what makes me what drew me to this idea of what toxic femininity is because mm. you see it all the time if you don't cook for my man you know, I will cool then cook for him. Then cool. We'll both come and devour your food together. So I you're just trying to, can't trying, even believe that that is still you know, like, it's, it's little having, things like that, that yeah. don't seem that big, but they are subtle in like telling you, or mm. you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're not woman. If you can't yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, where are you getting this standard from? And then as I like that you said about patriarchy, mm-hmm. that's where it's from. And I, and I do, definitely believe there are certain things as women we are way better doing and this doesn't go to domestic things to be right i'm not 100 percent, yeah but there are things that innately are very much things that we find easier than men to do yeah. but if but i don't think it should be it should become a cross for women to bear to bear if right it doesn't come easy to them then suddenly you know you're not woman enough that's what i think and perfect it's, it's in so many areas you know yeah so many yeah. yeah. And where would you, it's interesting that you say that because that's a problem with patriarchy, having narrow gender constructs. 
um, and then expecting everyone to conform to them. Because it's insane to me that we expect a woman to be a role model. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Everything about women is about our morality. You know, we're supposed to be paragons of virtue. You know, you're supposed to yeah. be a woman who prays for your children. I'm praying for those kids. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm praying. I'm on my knees. <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm joking. I'll pray for my kids. It's okay. You wait. Yeah. You wait. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> like, God. This one is getting this. There's no future for him. <laughs> I feel that. But I, you know what? It's, it just goes to what you're saying, having these unrealistic expectations. And they are unrealistic. We cannot be perfect. It is impossible yeah. for us to be perfect beings. But most importantly, um, I just want to, to begin maybe with some anecdotes. When do you guys think that you maybe experienced the toxicity of of, of femininity in general and how femininity has been constructed in society. What do you think your, some of your earliest experiences with it? Ooh, have? You want to go there? You want to go <laughs> there? Listen. <laughs> you going to take it there? Yes, listen. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. This is really tough. Um, I would say the earliest experience I would had is like school. So yeah. Nito, primary school, high school. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I don't want to slander anyone. <laughs> this is a tough position. <laughs> so um so when okay, for the school I went to, yeah. <laughs> uh wealth and when it comes to toxic femininity i feel like the biggest decider of the social hierarchy would be like wealth and appearance yeah and it's not necessarily like appearance because the thing is everyone is beautiful let's just be honest but yeah if we're going um with reality yeah they are like you said unrealistic beauty standards yeah um you can be you can be short but not too short tall yeah. but not too tall yeah you can, you can be athletic but not too buff you mm. know you can be, mm-hmm. um you know you can have chocolate but not too much chocolate you know yeah. what i mean that kind you can of, be heavy um, but not fat right yeah. i feel that mm. uh, there's the, there's a there's a tight rope that i think at the time when you're a child when you're growing up you don't necessarily understand the societal things that are working yeah um, uh, behind the scenes but i think now that i have uh, a better understanding of it it was all toxic femininity and Mm -hmm. really like if i thought about the social hierarchy i feel like obviously the people at the bottom of the hierarchy in high school yeah uh, suffered the most microaggressions right and they were put in a position where you know you can't really say anything to anyone because Mm -hmm. the people at the top one thing you can um, guarantee for people at the top of any hierarchy is that they will deny that there is a hierarchy in place yes you try and talk to people who are considered societally more beautiful than you whatever like it's, it's yeah it's, and talk to them about harder. the oppression that you experience and you're actually seeing like the lights are off in nobody's home like they're not able to make mm-hmm. the connection and you know what yes. i believe i don't think it's out of of some of it, they're genuinely ignorant of it, but some of it, I think it's a conscious choice. It's like, you know what, babes, mm-hmm. that's not my problem. Um, but mm-hmm. I want to know, like, what's your, what's your specific incident or, like, what's a specific 
aspect to you rather than just that general school experience because that's a place where you identified it but maybe what's an incident um that made you realize oh wow this is coming from other women because i'm assuming here when we're talking about toxic femininity we're talking about standards Mm -hmm. that women are enforcing amongst each other right um yeah um i guess (laughs) the funny thing was uh there was a time actually i came to school with uh relaxed hair yeah (laughs) but like you know what you used to you have to just relax your hair because you know natural hair wasn't in those days the straighter your hair was yeah you know the better better okay yeah (laughs) toxic toxic yeah i know i know but um i remember a lot of people being shocked and actually a close friend of mine told me that someone was like I can't believe that she would have hair like that. What? She? Who is she? But just to just for people listening, my yeah. I I cover a lot of intersections. So I'm dark skinned and yeah. I'm shorter and yeah. like back in high school, I wasn't necessarily the ideal body size. Yeah, and, um, the ideal body shape. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was easy to uh, to say that about me versus mm. someone who would be lighter or with like a smaller body shape or body yeah. size, yeah, or taller. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, that I think that's when I was just like, mm, there's something here because mm. the. Because one thing we have to realize is uh, appearance for girls are, is very important. It's a huge yeah. part, especially mm. in puberty. It's mm-hmm. a huge part of our identity. Identity, So yeah. when you tear that down, um, it, it gets to someone. So, 100%. Yeah, what about me. you, Dana? I'll be interested oh, to hear that. Goodness gracious. Oh, my gosh. I think we need to start burning candles and say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Let me start you know but i think my experiences some have been in the religious sector yeah um so even if it's in terms of dressing and it's not saying trying to advocate you know i'm going to go to church with like a minister and a pop and you know showing my curves and everything yeah but i remember instances of being honestly i thought i was looking cute you know i thought i was looking good for the lord i was like hallelujah you know yeah i am (laughs) my master and then someone's just like um why would you wear something like that do you want men to see you and I remember wow how old were you dude I think I was like 15 guys honestly if you knew me when I was like 15 I was not blessed I was not (laughs) okay I would have blessed yeah but there was (laughs) (laughs) I was not there's nothing that you could say you're not meant to see and I remember there's once I was was doing an internship and Mm. then gone to Kisi for the internship Mm. like I'm experiencing the internship so the day we came back was Saturday so my supervisor now dropped me to church because like that's where I'd, my mom would then would go to church yeah i mean back home mm-hmm. so i'd worn jeans because i mean i'm not going to come from kisi in the car wearing a skirt i mean guys please no. <laughs> be, yeah. realistic. You know, realistic. be realistic i entered the church compound and i remembered the stairs and people were like how can you come to church dressed in so these jeans? are not allowed to wear jeans no. Oh, no, we don't wear jeans. Girl, please, let me just tell you guys to begin with. You know, don't come. If I invite you to church, please don't come in jeans. Because oh, my God, Dana. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Serious. And, okay, I'm not going to make it seem that legalistic, but we have um, 
protocol. Let me. Oh, I don't okay. Know I wow, I genuinely didn't know that. I thought it was a joke. Oh no, it's legit. We got your joke. It's joke. It's joke. This thing is ukwelo ukwelo. No, what do you think? Men are always wearing suits and, but no, legit. Like we don't. I unless I think it's only here in the UK that I've seen people come to church in jeans or pants. yeah. But even then, the older women have been like. Why are you coming dressed like that? You know, like that's not part of the church protocol. But anyway, no. yeah. so I okay, to church. Yeah. I entered mm-hmm. the church compound, and I remember the stairs and people being like, "Why would you come to church dressed like that? That's not how women are supposed to dress for Sabbath." Where is your skirt? I remember even a pastor wanted to bandika for me at Leso, and I was like, and then like pulled my mom aside and was like, "Your daughter is basically showing herself off." to people i'm She's trying to start you know, a revolution like, oh my god this after that people just seem like you know i was like y'all have never seen jeans in your life they are blue and they are crispy that's what jeans are that's that's it like it's nothing new so like those are some of my experiences i guess and just even if it's like i mean you, we also have to respect probably our parents who are raised in a completely different era a hundred percent yeah ways of learning so i can't fault my mom for certain things that was said because that's how she you know was yeah brought up and the mm. thing she said but like even like wearing like shorts in the house oh my told, god you can't wear shorts Ooh. in the house because Speak you know, on it. the gardener is out there i'm like and <laughs> or even you know that's crazy that brings me to when i started experiencing toxic femininity mm. um, yes tell and, us and, and which was obviously the same as you guys it's always your parents and I don't know mm-hmm. why it's shorts. Like, I don't know why legs trigger people because yeah. they're just legs. But I would just be, maybe when I turned about 11, I think. And obviously I was wearing shorts. Like I, I, had, I had been living in a hot country, so I was used to wearing shorts. So mm-hmm. I come back to Nairobi and I'm wearing shorts. And my mom is like, Madam, you can't walk around like that anymore. And I was like, what's the big deal and she was like no you can't um your 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 dad is here there are other men around here don't do that and i was like okay you know and uh, you know as a girl you already set up that confrontation and now someone internalizes the things that you're saying right Mm. and you start confronting yourself about your own appearance right Mm -hmm. so i remember being I remember being so um, self-conscious about my body to the point where I would always wear a sweater. As in, it's Nairobi, it's 32 degrees, Paulina Mevas. Hey. <laughs> dude, like, dude, no, my, my no, system no. actually completely changed. Like, you had a jacket. A jacket. A jacket. In the middle of summer, and I was cool, chilling, but I just wanted to cover my bum. I wanted to cover everything because you feel like, oh, I'm so, like, I look too sexual in certain things. Please tell me how a 14 year old girl looks remotely like she's trying to seduce you. What could she possibly be wearing? But it makes me think how do you think we've internalized this toxic femininity as much as we may say that we are? you know, a different generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm sure there are ways we've internalized this toxic femininity and maybe sometimes don't catch it as quick as we do. Beautiful. But how do you 
think have you Mm. noticed instances in which you find yourself being a toxic feminist yourself because it's easy for us to say all these people were toxic feminists to us and then down and and absolve ourselves of responsibility you know exactly okay let me tell you something yeah oh sorry nicole you can go first no i have a question do you mean um um you know toxic femininity towards others or to yourself i think internalized Okay. I think both. I think whichever I guess is more relevant to you. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that because I've always had body image issues, mm-hmm. um, because my weight has always fluctuated, and I think I have really struggled with body dysmorphia. One mm-hmm. thing that I can I know I definitely participate in a lot is fat shaming and fat phobia in general Mm -hmm. and i don't mean active like i walk around here being like why is that chick wearing that like (laughs) has she seen how big she is she shouldn't be wearing things like that no i don't do it in that way but i've realized you know and it even took um a male friend to say to me for me to be like um Mm. he was like you know when you're like oh you know i don't want to be so careless with what I'm eating because you know I don't want to get fat. And he was Ooh. like, "What are you saying about fat people?" Ooh. Ooh. And I, was I like, love him calling out. I love okay. him. Okay. I love him. Oh yeah. my god! I was like, "Okay, sir, you're right." Yeah, he was like, "You can't be <laughs> an SJW in these streets as you're fighting for people's rights, but." You feel like there's and, something yeah. wrong with being fat. Like, check that. And I was like, no, you know, there's nothing wrong with being fat. Then he was like, there's mm. nothing wrong with being fat. You wouldn't have a problem getting fat. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. become fat. Oh, wow. Hey, he brought in the clincher. I'm gonna- I tell you, <laughs> on your neck. Guys. And I was like, <laughs> huh? you're 100% right. Um, <laughs> and, and in a weird way, you know, sometimes when you're a victim in the sense that you, you fall outside of the this, of beauty standards and mm-hmm. the prevailing, like, woman and how women should be, you can victimize to the point where you start to be toxic towards women who are that paragon mm-hmm. of beauty. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. You can, like, I remember being like, oh, these let's get mixed race girls, I ain't got time for those hoes, like... <laughs> There's nothing I've heard that, that line before. <laughs> <laughs> I can me, testify. You're supposed to deny. You're not supposed to testify. <laughs> Look at this friend. <laughs> Excuse me. Let deny, me not testify. I'm testifying. I must not lie this life. And you're like, are you just like, oh, you don't know. Then whatever doesn't understand what's going on here, you know she's a skinny girl. Like, she can't relate, right? Yeah. That kind of erasure of other people's experience mm. is also toxic femininity because what else yeah. are you doing um yeah so that's my perspective what about you guys Ooh, every time i put on an outfit i practiced <laughs> internalized toxic femininity like yeah. <laughs> a lot of us like you said a lot of us are feminists in the streets in the, street. in the sheets <laughs> that it, it is what it is like it is what it is yeah. yeah, every time I put on shirts, I'm just like, hey, but that cellulite, though. Hey, but those yeah. dark spots, though. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that it really blocks a lot of my blessings, really. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> for me, yeah, for me, when I, I think, um, yeah, I think that's what it is. 
hundred percent. Yeah. And you don't know. I, oh gosh, I think I, I won't say both. Cause I think in my mind, I may not always speak these things out, but I think when it's things that even have to do with cooking, for example, yeah, or cause I have acne and mm-hmm. always reacting and I have dark spots on my face. So mm-hmm. I think those two are very stand out. I think when it comes to the cooking, for example, I, I'm, I, I've, I think I've said this before on the podcast. I'm not a fan of cooking. It's not something I enjoy. Yeah. And so when I see other women or when I see it being such a necessary thing for women to do, you know, keep your mm. man, you know, yeah. you need to be a chef, you need to be this. I think, I think there were years I would not, when I was living back home, I would not cook because I was like, I'm not a good enough cook to keep anyone. Like, or I don't even want to try because that means I'll be living up to this expectation of women. So it was yeah. like some sort of resistance of if I start learning how to cook, then I must not only not cook, but be a good cook because who doesn't want to, who wants to marry a bad cook? You know, it seems, it seems so trivial, but like, because I feel like we are always taught that a woman must be this domestic person. Your life yeah. revolves around this domestication. I think also the kind of, environment i've grown up in yeah really you know um perpetrates that and there's nothing wrong i think also something we need to acknowledge is if a woman chooses that she wants to stay home take care of the kids yeah clean the house cook the that's food, just that's as what valid yeah that's it's not we shouldn't come and feel like we are defending her defending her from what yeah if that's what she wants what she wants and i think but i think when we now start putting some yardsticks and being like to right. be someone or to be a woman enough you have to do this and like mm-hmm. i can't cook chapels to save my life a hundred percent and i think a part of me sometimes feels like that doesn't make me good enough to be a kenyan woman you know oh, babes let me tell you and, something there are people yeah. have parties in their house and they're not even worth eating so imagine <laughs> For two and a half hours at your performing womanhood now maybe can be baby girl if you don't get some frozen chapatis, okay, get some frozen chapatis. All of all of this yeah. that you're saying just speaks to the main one of the main like core foundational aspects of toxic femininity is yeah. that women are our our substance and everything about us is reduced to our parents. And mm-hmm. if you're not conventionally attractive, then you might as well kill yourself. You know, like yeah. get out. Um, Honestly, and and I just want to touch on something you said earlier, Dana, which I found very profound. What has changed between our parents' age and Mm -hmm. now, right? And Mm -hmm. because this thing has not gone away, despite us supposedly being more empowered and women being able to be in stereotypically male positions or uh, professions, we yeah. still have these issues. And I would say that, you know what, we're living in the age of consumerism. We're living in the age of social media. If anything, it is more difficult to be a woman because, you know, it's one thing you're competing with Njeri from Kangundo. And- <laughs> no, listen, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And then you're competing with, I don't know who from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. <laughs> And you're just here in Nairobi. It's it's just amplified. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's in yeah. your face every because 
the thing is like these apps on our phone it's like our whole life like yeah. twitter you you wake up one day you see your twitter people have posted how many selfies how many pictures of their amazing uh coca-cola body whatever yeah. like yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like, everywhere yeah. it is everywhere and I, yeah. I like how you said that you know there is a huge difference between where mm-hmm. uh, wh- how our mothers grew up or the environment yeah. they grew up in and, and the environment we grew up in yeah and it's it's interesting because we still like you said, we internalize so many things mm-hmm. from them. Like when it comes to a mother-daughter relationship, you kind of Beautiful. learn how to carry yourself mm-hmm. socially yes. from your mother. Thank you. You, you. you internalize the way your mother treats other women. Thank and you. That's how you grow up and treat other women. Thank you. How you see other women. Yes. So if you're taught that women are just vessels, yes. women are just, we're not humans. We're just, uh, carriers of of children or yes. you know yeah. carriers of the beauty standards that the yes. world has and yeah that's all that we're reduced to that's how you see other women so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, i'm telling you yeah dana what do you feel about how, what do you think about socialization like your relationship with you and your mother um because uh, to be honest guys i will say from the little in, okay not little the extensive like Okay, not extensive, but the interactions that I've had interactions that I've had with your with your mothers, they're very empowered and enlightened yeah. women. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, you have the kind of mom who is out here making you funga lesso and go and sweep the house from like five AM in the morning. <laughs> But we still have like other demons, thing. yeah. Yes, of course. I yeah. feel like a lot of it comes for. I think for me, it's the values of a woman. Right. You know, mm. a woman should keep her integrity. She mm. shouldn't show herself to the world. She mm. shouldn't. You know, I I think that's how it's it's played out. That I know as a woman, I. I must be silent in certain rooms. Right. I can't go panua panua my mdomo kama What? No. In this room, as the woman, quite as the woman, you must serve your man. Mm. As the woman, you know. So I think it's it's how I've grown up, seeing what a woman is. You know, it's mm. not even necessarily someone telling you. Yes. Just see what a woman is. Yeah. A woman is. is I don't use the word a servant, but a yeah. servant. Yeah. You know, my, my mom's nature is very much, and not because she does it because she feels like, but because she genuinely loves her husband. Yeah. So she genuinely, and because she wants to. So yeah. a lot of her, it's her personality to be of service to people. Yeah. It's not just in the home, but just generally. She has okay. such a very, like a very beautiful heart. So she's always to service. But sometimes that plays out negatively. Because then the expectation is that I will be of service also to a man in ways that I don't want to be. Yes. Does that make sense? In ways mm-hmm. that are not necessarily, that, that are just social norms and are not expected. What if my husband doesn't want me to serve him food? But now because I've been shown that I must serve my husband food, I, I'm going to serve him food now everywhere we go. You know, like, I understand <laughs> that in certain contexts, you know, I understand like, the, the, the thing though we have to, I think I'm realizing also is, yeah, we when we may have to be in situations where we will have to or not have to but just for the sake of peace sometimes right. you know just will kaza your belt and i remember there's a time i was just very resistant to my mom because i told her look 
mom mimi nakupenda yeah mm. i get you're a successful but imagine there are certain things personally for me people will just have to understand that it's not no like no i think you guys are really touching on a lot of this socialization really begins in the home and your cl- much your closer environments right yeah. um i think <clears throat> even for me i think nicole and i were recently talking about how we didn't grow up in very quote unquote feminine environments because i have like three younger brothers so my house was dominated by men right mm-hmm. and even yeah. amongst my cousins i wouldn't see them that often so it, it wasn't enough for me to build like i don't want to say rapport with women but the only exposure i really had to women with women was at school right yeah. um so i we were talking about how sometimes you know what not having that advantage you mm. it makes it harder for you to understand how to operate in in certain female circles and female spaces yeah. and very quickly you realize oh there's a hierarchy oh yep, i yeah. can't say this yep. oh mm. wow i need to be performative i need to yeah. when i see um ashley coming from ashley i'm not talking about you i'm talking about an imaginary person it's <laughs> 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 about you don't be fooled <laughs> No, say no, no. Fiona instead or just okay, like yeah. another random name. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I see Fiona coming down the street, I need to be like, "Wow, girl, you look so good." Whatever. Yeah. Like I really love your dress, etc. Um and then as she passes, I'm like, "Ah, that bitch can't stand her." This yeah. kind of it the, the these interest interesting politics that play out amongst women and amongst female mm. hierarchies and a lot of it has to do with silence. um because mm. you know, we're not allowed to be openly confrontational with each other and deceit you can't say the truth yep. you must always mm. be lying you must get along exactly. with people and i think this boils down to why men like to accuse us of apparently hating each other or women can't stand mm. to see other women win i don't think that's the case i think it's mm. just the forces that are acting upon us make it in a way that you're operating in this scarcity model right you're always each other's Ooh. competitors then yeah. not enough space for two women at the same time you guys there must be one top gal and then you guys must decide what's going to happen not mm. even just women when you when mm. it comes to black women as well oh my like God. the scarcity model is even scarcer scarcer <laughs> if that is even possible yeah um, yeah yeah 100% yeah. something that honestly come to my mind is I remember when I first came to uni of course when I was back home I never went to the club you know because yeah. I in a society that doesn't understand what not understand but the club is not accepting what accessible yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when I came to uni and I first went to the club I remember my first question was how do I dress in a way that will make me dot 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 mm. it was always and for, I mean those blanks could be I think it's it wasn't so much dressing for me you know it was i need to stand out so that people mm, can have so that other so that i yes, can look so better than mm-hmm. no and i remember that time i sat down and i was like why can't i just go i can still look cute the way i want to but it's not dressing up for someone else being overly i mean it's so important for you to do for you, yeah. you know, not because you like there's this standard that's been put and you have to adhere to this standard yes. so i feel like what situations or what circumstances in now your later years you know as you've come to further understand what standards are have 
have made you look back at and be right. like, I wasn't doing that for me. It could even be like with makeup, you know, yeah, the beginning yeah. that was you think it makes you look prettier. Then after you're like, no, I just really like how you look, you know, and that yeah. changes. But I think there are circumstances in which you realize you doing something is so governed by the standard there is in society. Yes. Especially when you come to countries that have such a Western model. Yeah. You know, I think in all the places mm. we are at, honestly, like even SA, you know. Oh, wow. Yes, definitely. It's such a Western standard that's different from back home. Right. You know, I think, of course, there's still struggles or that we dealt with back home that are now amplified here. But yeah. there are other struggles that we are just like, what do you mean? Like, I know. What is when you become toxic to yourself because mm. you feel to get to this certain standard and adhere to it and conform to it and then stick by it yeah you know yeah and sometimes i'm just like why you know it's pressure and you know you're really right it speaks to what nicole was saying about being a black woman even worse if you're a black woman in a a non-black society it's just a whole Mm. other ball game because sadly femininity is not equated with blackness like they seem Mm. to be counter each other so here you are your black woman, someone is telling you that she look like a man, or I don't know if this has happened to you. Sometimes I feel like people are more aggressive with me. Like you'll see oh, someone yes. coddling a, a white girl, but with you that they're, they're just rude and helpful, etc. And you're like, eh, why is someone taking this tone with me? But at the same time, in situations, you know, they want black women to play the role of comforting everyone and offering. You even see it in sitcoms, you know, the black sidekick friend who is offering her white friend you know confidence and telling her you go girl or whatever shit is happening right there mm-hmm. um <laughs> and you're acting as like a foil you're propping up someone else's yeah. femininity because you're apparently not feminine so definitely i agree race race is a sticky one still as they like to say as, yeah it's a sticky one <laughs> you and as well as <laughs> yeah and as well as featureism featureism oh always God. comes into your place and i think featureism it also includes colorism but yes. again not all dark-skinned women have the same reality reality um, yeah yeah so it's it's a lot to do with featureism so if yeah. your if your hair is tighter and coilier yes you, you're probably you probably have more struggles than someone whose hair is more wavy and yes straight and um Oh, dude! Even the fact that I even relaxed my hair to be—I regret this to this day. Yeah. Um, and you—you you were t- you were talking about race, but even yeah. places where um, race isn't a huge societal factor. Yeah. It still comes into play. Like for example, back in Kenya. Yeah. Like you always, you know, white women being treated a certain way, biracial women being treated yeah. a certain way, Certainly, but then yeah. black women, as 100%. you said, were were they're more aggressive, more assertive with us. So yeah, yeah. yeah, it comes into, and that's actually, I was thinking about uh, the question that Dana put forth about um, toxic femininity in our later years. Um, And I think, for example, in a workplace, um, Mm -hmm. whenever I'm with my colleagues, first of all, I'm like one of the only black people (laughs) there. (laughs) But uh, yeah, exactly. So, so I think, when it comes to that, we always have to be, again, it's the same tightrope you have to walk. Yes. You have to be assertive, but not too assertive, too assertive. to scare people away. Yeah. Because people are easily scared by us. Um, you have to be dominant enough to cement your place, but right. not dominant, too dominant to overshadow the other women's or men's places. And 
oh, it's like you said, it's just exhausting. All these things we have to take. And I think the thing with toxic femininity is that we constantly put ourselves in a position where we can't just be us. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it's, it's just the, we don't accept who we are, or the society actually doesn't accept who we are, which leads us not to accept who we are. So we always have to perform. We always have to be a certain thing that we internally are not. So it just, yeah, it's very complicated. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, the workplace, I would argue, you know, obviously because it's a place where it's inherently going to be competitive because of how capitalism mm-hmm. works, that, that competitiveness will always be affected by the fact that you're women and you always be having that kind of rivalry with each other. Um, but I just want to become go a little bit, oh, did you want to say something? Oh, no, I, I think what that made me really think of was... Yeah. Oh, guys, Twitter is so toxic. Kenyans on nope. Twitter can be so toxic. Mm-hmm. And then, like, how people, there's some time people were saying the only reason a certain woman reached a certain position My in God. the company was because she obviously, you mm-hmm. know, got on her knees and, you know, worked her way with her mouth yeah. to get the position. Yeah, And it's like, why is it that when we sometimes see women in positions of power or, and it's not to say that some people don't, and the reason why mm. these people is men do as well. And that's mm-hmm. not like, mm-hmm. I mean, yes. if you read Edgar Barre's threads on Instagram, oh, yeah. people are wild. The horror. Yeah. The but horror. when we see women reach certain positions of power in the workplace, we automatically assume that she had to do something. Something for her to be in that place. And it is always the women who will say, yeah, of course, you know, I knew her. She was such a this. Wow. She anything to get mm. here. And, you know, sometimes I read certain threads and I'm like, you've just added Royko and Maggie Cubes there because honestly, I don't believe you want single bits. There are some people, there are women who have genuinely, genuinely worked for what they have. Right. And to get positions they have so why do we mm-hmm. then start making these statements and belittling the work that they've done because they had to have done something you know and what yeah. i think also good to do is you affirm that we are powerless in this patriarchal society a hundred percent yes in, in positions of power need the patriarch in some right. sort of way right you know, mm-hmm. we need a man's patronage yeah play to the music and yeah and sometimes I see those comments and I think that is so spiteful. I know. And if someone said that about you, you'd be here saying, oh, y'all don't know my struggle. But because you feel like you should be there, you know, it's, it's, it's tiring. It's so it is. tiring. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's kind of, it's even depressing discussing this to a certain extent because <laughs> yeah. you think about <laughs> the fact we have so many issues to confront as women and people are out here. We're just so, we're caught up with things that actually don't matter. There's a lot of division and petty squabbling, but I don't want to portray that like it's the reality for everyone because mm-hmm. I was even telling um, Nicole the other day, a lot of this plays out in diff- differently in different socioeconomic groups, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's a fallacy that women ent- entirely hate each other because you go to rural areas, you know, men there are unemployed. There's a huge problem with alcoholism. If it wasn't for women uplifting each other through things like cooperative That's groups, true. in SA we call them stockvelds, chamas, yeah. 
um, even just providing childcare to each other, just strong matriarchal um, or, f- or femme networks that support other people. Without that, this world would have already crumbled. Like if it wasn't for women actually liking each other and cooperating with each other, we would all be dead. That is certainly a fact. I think sometimes we undervalue what it means to have girlfriends. Yes. You know, Mm. and I think one of the most powerful lessons I learned or have been learning is the power of having women by your side mm. because there are things honestly you know you could love your man you could love your father you could love your male bestie bestie whatever yeah you know but there are things they will not understand that your girls will you know well, they, right. the, the level of emotional understanding mm. that they may not share the way that your girls will you know and, and quality of a, care mm, you know, yeah. your girls have mm. your best yeah. interests. When you do find that relationship, right? Yeah. Your mm-hmm. girls do have your best interests in, 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 at heart. Like, they're not going to let you do anything. But I'll ask you, Dana, do you feel like all female friendships are constructed on this lovely, like, premise no. of sisterhood? Because we're here discussing toxic femininity because people are wiling. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> let me tell you, there are some friendships that, that, Oh, that you just realize that Patrick is just you. Yeah. <laughs> it is talking to you. It is yeah. living through you. you yeah. know? And not all of the reality is that you'll be in certain friendships that people are with you either to get something from you there we or go. because um, there's a sort of bitterness. So maybe keep your enemy close, you know. And so you want to get juice out of the relationship. Mm. Yeah, out of the friendship. Yes. So that and then go behind the back and you know backbite or and i think it's it's female friendships in my opinion are one of the trickiest friendships to have mm. the, what do you think nicole i think female fr- friendships are so hard to yeah. <laughs> they're so complex um <laughs> dude uh i think also what's telling as well is that um Okay, one, I want to say that um, I've had the best moments. The best moments of my life have been the moments with my female friends. I I think it's just wonderful like when you get to that point where you feel like someone is truly sees you and accepts you and is there for you just as Mm -hmm. a friend oh that is so powerful but on the other hand like you said um some people can just have transactional relationships Mm -hmm. if you give me this i give you that some people just friendships for clout yes and then also what's telling is that the people you're not friends with as well. That would be good. <laughs> the people that you choose that not mm-hmm. to be friends with. Because mm-hmm. um, as women, um, it's really unspoken, but a lot of us can use other women to prop ourselves up who are not even our friends. Yes. So like, let's say you're with your friends and you're saying, eh, this girl, you know, she was doing this and this and this. And it, it, it makes you feel better about yes. who you are or mm. what you look like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- that's actually, um, whenever I hear uh, a female friend talking about another girl who truly, like, hasn't really done anything but just 
exist i think it's just telling <laughs> like it's honestly honestly yeah. <laughs> it's like she ain't done nothing to you she's so just she living wanna, just living <laughs> just being herself out here man. i know survive, like the rest of us i think it's very telling i think um a lot of us um what the best we could do is say hey you don't like check our friends yeah like, that yeah. is the best thing we can do like hey yeah. this is it's not right for you to call her out just because she's fat or call yeah. her out yeah. just because she's tall. Mm. Like, why? Why? You know? So Yeah. Or oh, even just a hundred... I definitely agree with everything that you guys have said. And just even... Just going back to what you said about it's it's telling about who you're not friends with. Um, mm-hmm. It's not possible for us to all be friends with each other, right? Mm, and exactly. that's one thing that women also need to accept, right? We can't all be friends. So if we're not friends, let's not act like we're friends here. That's, mm-hmm. it's, it serves no <laughs> yeah. And it, it really goes to just about being honesty and integrity, I think are essential. Because what toxic femininity does to you is that you don't really act as yourself. You're trying to assume this identity of the ideal woman or this identity and the, whatever that means to you and whatever that means amongst your circle of friends that you forget oh, by the way, you know, I'm Pauline. I don't like people who do X, Y, Z. So why would I associate with those people in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also using your positions of privilege, because let me tell you something, we are all privileged in some way in the hierarchy of femininity, right? Um, just going back to what Nicole said, to make sure that you don't become a participant in that. Because honestly, by being silent, like... You're not yeah. challenging. You're complicit. Yeah, you're complicit. you're complicit. You're not challenging the narrative at all. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. Uh, How do you want to be a better feminine? Feminine. Feminine. Wow. Feminine. Yeah, great. Reforming yeah. femininity. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do you know what I thought about this because um, Pauline, you had asked me earlier about yeah. like, just thinking about what I can do um, mm-hmm. to improve everything, and yeah. I feel like. Honestly, it just starts with self. I mm. feel like if you can get to a point where you can fix your internal issue, you can be introspective, mm. you can call yourself out, you can look in the mirror and be like, hey, these are my flaws. And not mm-hmm. in a way to be like, because you know, us women, we can be like, oh, you know, tear ourselves down because of it. Yes. But just accepting it and yeah. working on it. And and not this is not something to do with appearance. It's internal. It's yeah. it's like qualities about yourself. Yes. And I really feel like if you can fix your internal issues, <clears throat> Sorry, I don't want to alarm anyone (laughs) (laughs) this time. (laughs) Uh Um, Yeah, if you can fix your own internal issues, you're less likely to project it onto other people. Yeah. So I I, I think, yeah, it just all starts with introspection and just um, be honest with yourself about Mm -hmm. who you are. And yeah. Beautiful. Um, Yeah. I think some of it, and just like you said, how it starts with self, I also think it starts with forgiving other people. Um, we're all victims and participants in, in patriarchy. So the same way I'm battling with my demons, 100%, other women are dealing with their own issues. And just because I think you've maybe evolved past a certain point, so you've gotten to the point where you recognize that there's a toxicity with current fe- female standards for women, 
um, and maybe you're actively trying to change that or you recognize that fat phobia exists or colorism, colorism exists and maybe you're also trying to confront those issues with yourself. There's some people who haven't gotten there yet and we need to yeah. be respectful of their journey. Um, and uh, genuinely if it's very, because it is painful and triggering for you, keep your distance. Um, don't keep yourself in spaces that are harmful to you, um, and discourage you from growing. And I think one other thing, um, is also just engaging with older women about this. You know, sometimes they don't seem like, you know, the old dogs and new tricks comes to mind, but it seems like they, they wouldn't, but sometimes I have conversations with my mom or my aunties. And by the way, like they, they do certainly agree. They are conscious of these things and you might even yeah. change their perspective. Yeah. Um, they might surprise you. They might surprise you. you. They may even tell you yeah. something that helps you ground yourself better. Yeah. Um, so leaning on just that sisterhood, you know, of our mothers and their, and their mothers and all those female networks is really important. I agree. Yeah. I think for me, one would be read. Yes. Read that. Soma. You? Don't go typing things that you don't know. Mm. If you don't know, you don't know. Yes. You don't know. You know, and don't give unsolicited opinions. We don't need it. We don't need it. Mind your business. Mind your business. I agree. Mind your business. I think for me, it's very important that people can just read that, read Audrey Lord. You know, you might not have to agree with her way of living. Yeah. You might not have to, agree, but just read to know. Sometimes read to know. Just mm. you read something doesn't mean that now you take it up as your life mantra. A hundred percent. Yeah. You just understand that it helps you better understand the society you're navigating in, mm-hmm. the person you're going into, you know, the people you're surrounding yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that incorporates that everything um, the both of you have said, you know, yeah. but mine is just read up. It really doesn't have to pick up a book or read an article, you know, just yeah. read. Yeah. yeah, the library is open. It's no, open, it's, it's free. Actually, it's closed, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but there are free books online. Yeah, yeah. take advantage yeah, books, of that. Yeah, actually, Audible the library is always right open. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's always yeah. open. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. When Corona means we have that opportunity to read. And it's like, mm. you know, sometimes even when I look, when I see online things people are saying, I'm like, that was the wrong terminology, boo. You know, if, if you just did a simple Google search, you knew you would have said that. There. You wouldn't have like, said that. You yeah. would have said that. <laughs> you know? Excuse me. And, it's, and it goes to show that a lot of times we are navigating in a space we think we know, mm. but really we don't. We don't. Like, all we just haven't taken the time to know yeah and so that is i think it's a big step i think we'll always be grappling with these things honestly we'll yeah always be this is we'll always be discussing we'll always have to be reforming our ideas and our terminology and our mm. you know things but if we choose to stay ignorant then you can't be helped, madam. Because we have to move out. We have to move on. Without I you. totally agree. You know what? And, and, mm. and the thing is um, about reading up. This, we're not, I don't think we're the kind of podcast that is going to go into, you know, feminist, um, f- feminist language and history and praxis. We're not going to necessarily bring that intellectual, like, thrust to the conversation i think this is more of something where we want to encourage a wider audience right um 
and maybe not be elitist because you see you see sometimes when you say people should read people be like oh me i don't have time to read like where am i supposed to get the resources but that's not that's not it i i definitely agree with you information is power um and it opens you up um and i think one last thing maybe maybe not one last thing because this conversation actually before you wrap it up oh before i wrap it up uh just an alternative if you don't like reading you know you can listen to podcasts thank you split singers (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but you know we we talk about toxic masculinity and how women can participate in it and we've just come to i guess come to the conclusion that toxic femininity is not necessarily a solid thing in the way that toxic masculinity is but it's how patriarchy operates amongst women do you guys think men ever contribute to toxic femininity um, where do we start? Like, Let me don't... just bring the scroll. No, when don't <laughs> still rolling? Like, still rolling. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> I mean that that in and of itself. I don't. I could open Twitter right now and give you an example without even having to. We don't even. <laughs> uh, I think tweeted something like that was like now all those guys who don't have um their women coming to cook for them or whatever, yeah what to do. And some guy said I would rather drink. Fanta orange and bread then walk into the kitchen please if you are a parent <laughs> listening to this please teach both your kids no matter the gender how to cook how to clean thank you this is the problem they've been raised thinking that they don't have to step a foot in the kitchen to eat you it's are wrong the world is ending as basic as a you would rather drink Fanta orange and and bread mm. than step into Boss, you're living in a bed sitter. You're already in the kitchen. What's <laughs> oh my God. Ah, I'm so done. Save us. <laughs> Actually, Pick from the fridge. <laughs> Men are the number one advocates of what a woman should be doing, how she, mm-hmm. she should be dressing, what she should even be thinking, where she should be going, how, how she, she should be smelling. How she should everything. be smelling. Uh, whether she should be skinny or fat, etc. I definitely think men are, at the end of the day, this is the system that they set up for themselves. They are the number. They are. A hundred percent. Because the thing is, men have reached a crucial point where we've moved past it being the 1950s and housewives, etc., which was which has never even been the reality for most women in the world. Most women in the world have been working in the field, in the factory, in at the loom. Yeah. Women have worked, so this is just a fallacy. But yeah. women's position in society has still shifted radically, and what people, what men felt were masculine traits, and that's where they derived their self-esteem from. Women have shown themselves to do those things with ease. So we find ourselves in a situation where men are consistently trying to undermine those achievements. Or I just, I, I, I think, I actually think that, let me tell you something. This boy child chat in Kenya, okay? Oh. This thing, apparently we focused so much on the girl child. Like now we need to focus on the boy child erasure of women's struggles is toxicity right you're trying to you're trying to detract from the struggles that women are facing why why 
these boy child struggles that you guys are having, you're the ones who have created them in the first place. So I don't see how that's relevant. I think by taking up space, you are being toxic towards women. You're taking up unnecessary space in the conversation. Again, because like I said, people at the bottom of the hierarchy, they will suffer in silence. And Thank that you. is the biggest tool we use to oppress people and Thank you. keep people in marginalized spots. To just yeah. make them um, scared enough yeah. not to talk about their struggles because yes. they think that it will affect their own position in society, their own socioeconomic status. Thank you. So, yeah. yeah, 100%. Have you guys, it makes me think, have you guys been in a relationship where you feel you're being suffocated by the expectations of what you should be oh, as wow. a woman. Mm. 100%. Actually, before we answer that, just to go back to what you said on um, this debate about the boy child, yeah. my response to that is, who are the male mentors? You can't ask me mm. to mentor a man. Thank you. Can I tell you, that just doesn't add up because a man can't mentor me to say what? How are you going to relate with me about something as basic to me as periods? What are you going to say? Do you know how to 100%. You're shaking the table. <laughs> yeah, shaking the table. <laughs> Legit, for me, my thing is genuinely, the reason why the girl child is coming up is because women of all ages have taken up the responsibility of mentoring and being there for women. Thank you. Thank so you. Not why is the culture has been empowered. The question is why are men not empowering their own? Thank men? you. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of mentorship you guys are doing for each other. Yes. And then it may shut up. That's not mentorship, my friend. That Simple. is not my conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, that's what I always, I always say, don't ask me why men are not being empowered. I am not a man. I can't ask. That's not my issue, right? Ask your father why he's not empowering you. Exactly. Exactly. And just to bring it back to what Pauline said at the beginning, um, where where are your fathers? Like, where are these men? Like, the thing, the the point is, the point That's a deep question. It's a a painful one for some (laughs) folks. But the truth, the truth is, like what Pauline said, women are always judged based on morality, and 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 even our morality is even tied to our appearance, right? Thank you. But why is it we do not have the same moral standards for men? For men, that that is the question. Thank you. Men can do disgusting, like abhorrent, terrible things. But yeah. come on, come on. Yeah, it's an we expectation. Have, to have higher moral standards. Standards for men, for men in general. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. I'm then I good. asked about relationships. I'm trying to think. Uh, okay. No. This one. This one. Actually, let me field this question to you guys. Then let me think about myself first. Hmm. So, a uh, relationship where you felt suffocated by toxic femininity standards, yeah, yeah. Oh, expectations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, romantic? Just with a male in general. Um, oh, okay, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> it could, could be romantic, it could be casual. Yeah, it could be um, yeah, I've, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. I've definitely had... Um, honestly, I'm, I'm a person who... Uh, I realized that casual relationships are not for me, but I did go through a phase where I had a casual relationship with someone. Yeah. And uh, it, it's not even a relationship, just 
you know anyways interactions <laughs> visits <laughs> consultations um, <laughs> and i think when when we had deep conversations and we had honest conversations i was always so surprised how you know i would ask him about oh so what's your quote unquote body count right yeah and you know he would say like double digits i was shook i was shook but i was not judging i was like okay fine whatever fine but then when it would come to be turned around yeah standards would be different as soon i've i've noticed as soon as someone else in that way their attitude kind of changes and i've i've had an experience where a guy was just like hmm, i just I just I just don't feel comfortable if a woman has a body count above five. What? So who? Sorry, I'm so sorry to be crude, but who are you niggas fucking? So all those people <laughs> you're fucking. <laughs> no, I'm asking. Do the maths. We're in a university um, uh, population <laughs> of hey. maybe twenty thousand people. Yeah, mm-hmm. circles are small. People are sleeping. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you still yes. have sex. How am I going to have sex without my body counts going up? No, but I get yeah. you. A lot of it is to do with sexuality. If you're perceived to be promiscuous. Yes. And it's funny. Men sexualize you, but they don't yes. want you to be promiscuous. <laughs> yes. That is, the, that is the funny thing. Like, we haven't really talked about sexuality. Oh, wow. Like, in, right now. But right now. Maybe we'll move to I that. think. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, but I really think just the... Uh, double standards is just appalling appalling just the fact that a guy with double digits body count could tell me that he doesn't want a woman above five it's like dude be realistic it's just not realistic ladies lie that shit doesn't yes exactly exactly every year and most importantly virginity (laughs) a construct okay so it is a it's a construct it doesn't matter but yeah, I think for me, my experience has been, I think you've talked about the sexual element. I think it's just been things like um, personality and being assertive. I find that, you know, there are men who will be uncomfortable when you quote unquote take charge of a situation, mm-hmm. right? Um, they'll be like, oh, like, why are you the one who talked to that whatever why are you the one who's carrying the whatever if you wanted mm-hmm. to do it you should have you should have picked it up yeah. if you wanted to confront that person you should have confronted them right um you know it, and the funny thing is men will be attracted to you being assertive but once mm-hmm. you enter a relationship that is the first yes. thing that they try to remove from you change they, they try, try to, to change, change. that is the oh, first yeah. thing that they try to change about you yeah and it can even be in terms of initiating a relationship or who's where's the momentum of the relationship going who where are we going are we checking in with each other um men generally most men are very unavailable so a simple question like um guys will be you ask a simple question like where's this relationship going you know showing some sort of initiative you know future planning things are key we don't have time to waste here we could die any day And someone be like, Especially. oh, but where do you want to think about things like that? Or they'll say you're mm. being kimbelembele. 
or you've caught feelings, sir. Mm, they will gaslight you. They will gaslight you. Right. Oh. For trying to take control of your own life. So some guy yeah. wants you to sit there and doddle and wait. Oh, is he going to choose me? Is he not going to choose me? They want you there to are... sit and look pretty. Thank you. Mm. To, and look pretty. There are other niggas in my DMs. Or even better, yeah. I can be by myself. Okay. I've been by myself yeah. all this time. I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's been my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I've, what about you, Dana? Mine, mine has been... Oh. Uh. <laughs> But I think my experience has been um, when I have achieved things and, and being someone for myself mm. in a relationship, it became a, I mean, as much as it was a high school relationship, I mean, mm. last two, and, um, but like, I remember when I became deputy head girl. Yeah. And I was, he wanted to become head boy. Head girl. So I was, I oh, you had become head deputy head girl. You already. You're already. There, I had been called to. She had arrived. You know that day we were called to the principal's office. All of us, and we have been informed to the deputy head. So I Mm. came out. I was excited. I was like, "Oh my gosh, wow!" And then I go and tell him, "I'm like, yo, guess what? I became, you know, I'm deputy head girl. Yeah, these are the other people who are the head boy, head deputies, etc., etc." Mans was mad at me the whole day. Mans. Then afterwards, he said, I think it's unfair how you got to become a deputy head girl and I didn't even become a deputy of any kind. And I was like, huh? And then at the, I can feel like your nostrils flaring. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> May the devil that has this... poisoned you. How do you make this about yourself, nigga? How do you make this about you yourself? Know, your girl has just achieved something. Wow. And you, with your butt-hurtness, needs you know, to just insert yourself there. I'll never forget. I remember we even had a prefix meeting that day. Because I think we used to have prefix meetings on Monday. On Mondays, yeah. Have... In the afternoon, yeah. yeah. And then after the, the prefix meeting, it was now we were now telling who's the deputies and everything. And then he didn't talk to me the whole time. Then when we used to have UCAS, he, he got mad because I didn't. You know, I was, you know, doing deputy stuff now, trying to figure out a few things here and there. Then, and I was like, I want to go for a lunchtime concert. And he was like, no, why? You're always spending time with your friends. My friends, can you testify? I never used to spend time with you, please. Wait, he said no. Yeah, he said no. He said you Like he's, like you're asking for permission. Yeah. And I decided to go and he didn't speak to me again but like anytime i wanted to do something for myself and with parties outside of himself or i achieved something or you know i was just doing my own thing it always became a problem and so you get into this place where you feel like you need to ask for permission to do things or you mm. or you, or you know or you need you need some sort of savior or you need some sort of you know and Oof. i think the question is what that brings me to also is these things have translated in relationships with men afterwards. A hundred percent. You know, you realize that even sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe he'll be upset if I do something. Oh no, man, babes. That's your thing. Like, I'm rooting mm. for you. Like, do it. And I'm like, what? I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it, it, mm. note how experiences you've had that have really defined you mm. still carry it's been and it's been years maybe months since you've had certain experiences but we don't realize how much we are carrying within mm, us how mm. the standards we continue to have of ourselves and 
other people having of us and still feeling like we need to conform to these things despite the thing the fact that things have changed other people are in your life you know Mm -hmm. you're at a different point in life but those things remain with you so i feel like even why i was saying toxic femininity is something that may keep on being a theme is because every year every month every day you keep having added experiences in your life that you know flare up those things or Mm -hmm. make those things such a priority in life and it's it's sad that we always have to keep on dealing, you know? Yeah. Have you ever felt you keep on dealing with things? Like, yeah. It's not a always dealing with things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, you know what? I, I just, can I just say, um, you've actually empowered me to say, <laughs> to actually share a story as well. Because yeah. um, I feel like uh, when I first thought about this question, I was just thinking like, oh, what's a quick way that i've been shamed in any way okay i've been such shamed. there there you go but yeah um i think um i also had a relationship and it was fucked looking back at it uh sorry to swear I'm not no it's swear. okay you can swear on the channel <clears throat> okay it was fucked um yeah. because um this particular relationship um the reason why i feel like it links to toxic femininity he kind of expected me to act a certain way in public in fact he didn't he didn't want anyone to know that we were in a relationship at all wow. so he actively made me hide it every time even when we we're close in public he's like no don't 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 touch me don't talk to me wow Literally wow all the time like and this was this was in high school i think it was for like um i don't remember how long it went i think it must have been like year 12 or something mm. but yeah um and <laughs> it was really well. yeah it was really exhausting having to perform mm. having to not like reach out to someone that you yeah. feel like you bonded in in such a close and personal way okay. and to, to basic for them to basically tell you look we're not good enough to be you know public wow yeah he that's violent like, there, was, there was a time that i had like hugged him and some other guy one of the guys in our year saw and um he was so mad at me he didn't talk to me for like three days so i'm in a relationship now and i i find myself constantly apologizing when i i and he's like you don't stop apologizing why do you apologize and i feel like it's just internally feeling like i didn't i acted wrong or i did something wrong and you just have to it it, it's just it it becomes an instinct for me at this point so yeah yeah that's a that's an experience i had thank you so much for sharing your story i think speaking about it makes me realize how many of us are really going through it or have gone through it yeah and i think it's such a blessing to be in relationships that are now healthy a hundred percent and comfortable enough to even deal with your own issues but still have a healthy relationship yeah i think that that was possible that you can mm-hmm. have you know be going through and building yourself and still have a healthy relationship of course there are times when you need to deal with certain things by yourself but like it's it's i think it's a beautiful thing i think we also can appreciate that as much as we've had terrible experiences with men yes we've had really good yeah yes a hundred percent yeah experiences with goes to show that 
the ones we've not honestly just vile. Like they have, in my opinion, that's an intentional decision to be cruel. Right. I don't understand why you someone would say that. Yeah. Say certain things and make someone mm-hmm. feel crap. To me, that shows you feel crap about yourself and you have issues that you genuinely just need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> I think it's good when we discuss these things and talk about them and let each other in, you know? And yeah. Know that we can be open enough to understand that we are not fighting against each other. Yeah. Not, it's not me and you fighting for this one spot. There's enough room on the table. There is a seat mm-hmm. for everyone. For everyone, yeah. That's beautiful. No. I think that's such a beautiful yeah. note to end on. Nicole, oh. any last thoughts that you have? Um, also, yeah, I think it's very good to have healthy relationships, but also for people who are listening that um, are single and everything, it's great to be single. Do not yeah. take it for granted. <laughs> and I really think that also part of toxic femininity is that we feel like we have to be in a relationship to be useful. Yes. And that is oh, not wow. true. That is not that true, is girl. Not, that is false. It's, it is a fallacy. It's yes. a lie. It's yeah. a fable. It is fiction. Yes. It is just not true. So um, if, you're, if you're single, you know what? Like, it's a great time to do explore what you want and who you want to be and um i think you can also do that in relationships but also yeah let's not underrate being single like yeah. big up to all your single people guys girls, everyone yeah. enjoy yourselves okay enjoy it's life it's, i like how you said and not being taken for granted that for is granted the, yes. yes yes yeah that is the, yeah. yeah and don't take yourself for granted either we cannot be our biggest enemies um yes yeah and just stay positive ladies um stay safe it's difficult times at the moment um yeah stay at home kids just stay at home where you can and in in this time where you can extend help if you can donate money i know some people have some extra money at this month at the end of this month since we're not going anywhere there are many funds in any of your countries dedicated towards relieving I'm helping people who don't have the privilege that we have to just stay home and do nothing. So try to be active in your community. And I genuinely believe that if we do the work in our individual capacities and we talk to our friends um, about breaking down patriarchy and how we can just be active and and listen in spaces where we don't have the range in queer spaces and spaces um, where, when, where, it's people who are not the same class as us. We can yeah. do so much more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming. <laughs> I had so oh, much fun. Wow. I know. Love we love, love it. it. Okay. Yeah. So, bye, everybody. Come Recognize your worth in time. Before you send your dreams to die